All right, welcome to another edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. This is John Krasinski, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, with me, <clears throat> Zach Weiss. Zach, you and I go back uh, over a decade, I think, because we covered uh, Constellation Senior Players Championship together. Uh, uh, I think that's when we first met, and you're, you're obviously a Point Park guy, just like me, so I have nothing but um, appreciation for all the hard work you do covering sports, whether it's golf, whether it's soccer, whether it's Duquesne University. Zach, uh, I'm just very happy to have you on my uh, on this podcast here. Yeah, coming off a 14-mile day yesterday, no, but we do go very much back. Uh, we go all the way back to the Joe Daly days, uh, it, which is Joe fun. Daly. And, of course, got to, got to interact with uh, with one of your sons on Point Park men's basketball. So just it's nice to have things. It's funny where life takes us. So it's funny to see things come full circle and be a part of the team. I love Joe Daly's story. I mean, that was like, you know, that's Bill Murray, the underdog out of nowhere. You know, um, what a great story that was, even though it was a senior players championship. I just thought that was a, a very memorable um, Pittsburgh sporting event, really, in, in my eyes. Uh, the guy that missed the infamously missed the tap and a Philadelphia guy waving a terrible towel on the 72nd hole. <laughs> I mean, that that alone, you can't write that. No, no, not at all. So I, it was weird because I was going back looking at some stuff and I, I thought I couldn't find that anymore. And it, it was actually some of my stories were still out there um, on that uh, memorable event at Fox Chapel Golf Club. Um, but Zach, you've been um, you've been on the beat the last probably, I don't know, three or four years for sure on a regular basis with us with Pittsburgh Soccer Now with Duquesne Soccer, women and men. Today, we'll talk mostly about the men. The women last night uh, began their A-10 season, their conference play with a, um, you know, with a, it was a good start for them, wasn't it? It was a, it was an important start for them when you're dealing with the injury bug, which is something that they've been dealing with in recent years. And when your recent history has been the last two home games, not scoring any goals and conceding goals on the other end, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, and I'm sure it was nice to have some days off where you could contemplate, can I get some bodies back? Where, how can I get the confidence back? Do we need a formation change? Do we just need a familiarity with each other with so many new faces? Just finding out there were so many buttons that could be pushed, but what are the buttons you push, and what are the buttons that you kind of leave aside and say, you know what? I have to pick my battles. I think this is what's going to give us the best chance to win right now, and at least while there were certainly some shaky spots, particularly in the last, I don't know, 20 minutes of the game, you come away with a win and that has to give you confidence. And it it's good for that team and their respect to see themselves grinding and finding competitive balance and finding connections together, both with each other and more importantly, potentially with the back of the net to get three points as well. So it was a, a good effort, not a full 90 minute effort, but it's an effort that they needed to have to push forward. Yeah, they need results. And I think, you know, considering the way the season started, but I will say this about Al Alvin, uh, the head coach at Duquesne, is that he always schedules some tough opponents before they get into the Atlantic 10 schedule. And I think that's maybe that helped them a bit last night. Well, it's glass half empty, glass half full. A lot of right. times when he schedules teams, I think he does it because either it's getting these new players confidence and adversity, obviously facing a ranked Penn State. They faced West Virginia in the past. Buffalo was a very, very difficult team. And despite the issues they were having at that point, they hung right with that Buffalo team and were one proper foot away from having a draw, which they probably had no business having. And right. having that glass half full mentality into those 11 days was important. But 
Al does it because I think he sees that these are teams that you're going to face in conference play that resemble in some ways, whether it's formation, whether it's bodies, whatever, whether it's just getting reps and getting home games to get these young players confidence. Al does do a good job of doing that. I think when you had those injuries, was there the potential that they could have made a formation change and maybe make things more simple and move the ball past midfield? Certainly there's that temptation, but when you have days, games that are so close apart where you drop one and then you face an opponent that probably was the better end and got the result that showed they were the better end, maybe you don't make the changes then. Maybe you react a little bit more within those 11 days when the games matter in conference play, which now they do. And I think he found the first season. I think while, of course, you'd like to have more wins in that first season, I think there's a respect that comes with getting a lot of these freshmen acclimated, getting a lot of these freshmen back healthy, which certainly seems to be the case now. For sure. So anyone listening, Duquesne women's soccer, um, Zach has been covering as much as he can. Uh, then at the home games, got some really great pictures uh, from both the women and from the men. So um, you can check out his coverage of uh, last night's match and all Duquesne women on Pittsburgh soccer now. But Zach, let's talk about the men. Uh, we're going to be bringing Chase Brooks on soon. And uh, just, I, I just, I've been so impressed with, how this you know this program had through the course of last year gained so much confidence and the you know the home success they built off of that and then had success in the a10 tournament but i don't think any of us really expected them to be well maybe you did maybe some people close to the program and i think chase certainly has high um, standards but i don't think too many people expected them to be 5-0 and 1 heading into the a10 schedule well, it's been nice having the conversation. It was also the advantage of being at all of the spring games, even when they were in hail, watching them find ways together. And a lot of some of those new pieces were able to start the bonding and start the tactical formations and just having a mental and physical understanding of what's expected of them with this program. And obviously, this is a program that has a good share of local talent, has a good mix of across the country and obviously went has gone the international route as well and found success obviously the player of the week and the the defensive player of the week and the co-freshman of the week obviously hailed from out of country so that in itself just the ability to scout talent has been extraordinary from chase and the staff and really this has been building there's been talk where yes there's been guys that have been very talented that have left but in the same respect it's also are these guys that are playing for the team playing for a purpose? And if that wasn't the case, especially a few years ago, you saw the excuses start to go away. You started to see the individual players go away because they want to play for a team and they want to fearlessly play for a purpose where they sell out and play for each other for a common result. And as good as this start has been, none of it's been in conference. So this is very similar to the start they had in 2019, just from a pure record perspective, but the belief and the believability of this program just feels a lot different from that year right now, to be honest, John. And right now I think this is the team that's determined to do good things. And you saw the West Virginia exhibition. I think that surprised a lot of people. Yeah. You saw the Michigan result and you think, yeah. okay, this is a power five, power six conference. You expect this result, especially this being a road game for Duquesne to go one way. And it didn't. And to be mm -hmm. honest, I, I did see these results coming because I saw, how things were coming together. And I saw the belief that this team had and the potential for something special is there, but as much as something special is there, they also to an extent haven't proven it yet because 
they haven't done it in conference where there's still their fair share of doubters, despite being runners up in the conference championship last year. And Loyola is a very, very stiff first test, a very undefeated program with a very good pedigree. And this will be a very good measuring stick. And we've seen very, very good attendance. And it hasn't been from just the parents and maybe a straight team as it has been in years past. You see a crowded side of the field and you see energy being built. You see a Duquesne sideline that's so active. I still remember, and this is something Chase and I talked about the other day, that there were guys in the past that would sit on the bench. And he told me, hey, did you get a picture of the bench? He goes, yes. He goes, send it to me. I go, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden he told me guys are sitting on their butts. They're not being with their team and not being present with their team if they're not in the game. And now you see guys on their feet. You see the vocality. If someone makes a sliding tackle, you would have thought they just scored a goal. Just the ovation is that deafening and the support and love from each other is that deafening. And that's a huge difference too. Domna Shimbin, who's the goalkeeper Mm -hmm. from Australia, who has really, really grown. A lot of times goals were conceded and it was a combination of just the defense maybe not necessarily being up to par, whether that's communication, formation, physically, whatever it was. And this year you see just he says the difference in his game, and I'm sure it reflects on the team, is just the pride. There's so much pride. There's guys that all they had to do really last year was score goals. And guys like Maxi Hopfer and Nate Dragasich, they don't have to score goals like they had to before. They can generate for teammates Dragasich with five assists, Hopfer continuously playing his aggressive brand, having scored a goal, but he doesn't have to put 10, 15 balls in the back of the net anymore. There's so many pieces that he can just sit within the formation and be the captain that he needs to be. And that's what his team needs him to be. And that's a huge difference. So it's an exciting time for the program and they've proved, but in the same extent, they've proven everything and nothing at the same time. I think that is so well said, Zach, and um, we'll get ready to bring uh, Chase on to the podcast here. And I, uh, I just, you know, I, I think they're um, like you said, they've accomplished a lot, but yet starting right now, tomorrow, seven o'clock, Rooney Field, they've accomplished nothing until um, the A-10 season starts. And interesting, too, you mentioned about the attendance. So uh, just before we bring Chase on, I just want to mention real quick that no Riverhounds game tomorrow night, Saturday night, kind of an open slate there. Maybe um, Pittsburgh soccer fans uh, might uh, Saturday uh, evening. Great opportunity to come out to Rooney Field and and check out a pretty high level. You know, the Atlantic 10, I mean, I I think it's some pretty good soccer, and I think – if you get an opportunity, I, I would encourage anyone to get out there to see, you know, this Dukes team, uh, I think will be, be a lot of fun. I know Pitt has had so much momentum and their crowds have been great. And I think Duquesne is starting to pick up that momentum, the, the men's team too. So um, should be a good one tomorrow night. Absolutely. By all means, it's a competitive game Two undefeated teams in non-conference play with the chance to start their Atlantic 10 season off the right way. I mean, if you have nothing to do, it should be beautiful weather. It's a perfect night for some good soccer, some good football action. So what's there not to like? Plus, there's no overtime. So you also know that the commitment's going to be uh, the, right. the 90 minutes. That's the best thing about soccer. You know, I know it's 9 o'clock, 10 after 9 at the latest, maybe, uh, barring a weather delay. We know when we're get. you know when the game's ending. You know, you, you pretty much have a good idea. Um, where instead of sitting to a college football match or, uh, game or something, you're like, Four and a half hours, you never know when it's going to end. But, yeah, uh, that's a good point. Pending the referees, too. Yeah, that's true. All right. uh, Chase Brooks, uh, Duquesne uh, soccer, a men's head coach, 
is uh, joining us. Uh, Zach and I were just talking about your, your your team and the momentum that you've built. It it seems like you've accomplished a lot this season. You had a lot of momentum last season, but yet, as Zach kind of pointed out, I think he's been um, really listening to a lot of things you've been saying the last few weeks. Um, while you've accomplished a lot, you've still accomplished nothing, right? Absolutely. No, we, we set out this year. Our, our goals are much larger than uh, just some non-conference play. And, and while it's still a very positive experience and it's definitely a stepping stones, um, and that's all it is. It's, it's just building that foundation of where we want to go, which is ultimately to be a team competing for and winning championships. But Chase, you want to put your team in difficult environments and uh, to start the season off, obviously you brought West Virginia to Rooney Field, but then playing Michigan in the uh, opener at Ann Arbor, I think these are the type of experiences you want your players to have, aren't they? 100%. Yeah, you want them to be tested. You want adversity. Um, so that way you, you get to see what your team is made of. You get to see well, how the guys react in adverse situations, you know, on the road, in Michigan is such a great environment. Um, Coach Daly uh, does a great job up there. They're a great team. They're a hardworking team. They're organized. So when we can come in and get the result like we did, it's just a great moment for the guys. Chase, I, I again last year at during the NCAA tournament, I I really appreciated you joining me. Uh, we did you you helped me with preview, and I think the the Elite Eight games. And I, one thing that struck out to me is that you you know. You really did your homework. You knew those teams um, and prep preparing for the Atlantic 10 schedule. Um, I, I honestly don't think there, there's I, I think the Atlantic 10 is just right up there. And I think you guys have a tough schedule yeah. coming up. Um, maybe talk about your preparation for for Saturday and for this for the rigors of the A-10 schedule. Yeah, we, we joke about it as a staff, although it's not a joke on game day, but we, we joke about it as the A-10 is just an underrated conference. Um, you know, on any given day, any team can beat anybody, and it's 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 a wonderful thing. It's a frustrating thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's it's you know, very uh, – it's a very good feeling to be in a conference like this where you know you're going to get a chance to test yourselves week in, week out. I mean, we open up with two teams that are undefeated uh, with Loyola and then at UMass. I mean, two undefeated teams is – you know, and and us being a third, I think there's five of us total in the A10 right now. Like that's that's a pretty good accomplishment overall for any conference, much less uh, the Atlantic 10. So again, I think it's a it's a qual uh, quality conference, top to bottom. Um, we're excited about it. We're I think we're excited about the games that we have on hand. Um, it's just again another opportunity for us to take a step forward. And, you know, the way we prep is the same way we, we've prepped pretty much every year. It's just making sure the guys, you know, again, have seen as much adversity as possible in the early part of the year, um, that they understand who they are. They understand our playing principles. They they know what our goals and objectives are. And, and you know, our job is to make sure that, you know, by the time the Loyola, get, the, the Loyola game kicks off is that we, we've got a good understanding of what our group is and what they aren't. And I feel like we're in a good spot with that. And, and so I'm excited to see how, how the A-10 pans out for us. Um, Chase and Zach, I mean, you can add to this, but I know you, Zach was talking about the, the challenge of recruiting, but also being able to have that diversity of having international players, having, you know, done a really good job. You've done a great job locally. Uh, you know, you've built around some, some really good local players and, and kind of having that mix. And, um, this this seems like this roster has a little bit more depth. He, he was talking about Nate Dragasic and maybe Max, uh, Maxi, um, you know, not having all that pressure 
to to be relied upon for you know playmaking and scoring. Um, how do you feel about that and your roster's depth right now? Uh, I think it's one of the deepest squads we've ever had at Duquesne. I think that what you're seeing is you know you, you can look at a couple years like we we've had a few good years here and there. And we've always seemed to have trouble keeping those top end players around. You know, we're we're a team that gets, um, you know, uh, has players taken from them, you know, often after a good season. So to come off the season we came off of last year and then to really return everybody um, outside of one or two graduating seniors was was pretty amazing for us. Um, But I think it's a testament to the type of squad depth we have, because you know, in the past where we maybe only had 15, 16, maybe 20 deep in the squad, you know, you, you, the starters aren't getting pushed quite as hard. So for us, it was very important. We established this a few years ago where it's very important for us to develop as much squad depth as we possibly can. So that way, you know, when we step out the training, everybody knows they're getting pushed. And you've seen it a little bit this year already where, you know, if a starter has to miss a game or, or you know, somebody, you know, needs a 15-minute break, you know, we can give that 15-minute break and our standard doesn't drop. So, for us, that's huge. And, and I give my assistants a lot of credit on the recruiting. Adam Mitchell, in particular, is an absolutely fantastic recruiter, um, one of the best I've ever been around. And, and so I give him a lot of credit when it comes to this. And, you know, as far as we have a vision, we know where we want to go. And, he does a great job identifying those guys and then and then building relationships with them because that in, in many ways is, a, is is what we're about is trying to build that relationship uh, that relational capital um, and trying to do the best we can so that you know these guys come to Duquesne because they believe in what we're doing they 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 see the vision they want to be a part of it and 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 they're willing to stick around even when some of the bigger teams maybe come come uh, sniffing in. I wanted to ask you. I, I noticed when. The roster came out for this year. I, I noticed that Anthony Harding. Um, you know, you you just you were just talking about having trouble hanging on to players. Um, but this has been very interesting. Even looking at Pitt uh, and some other college teams, the the graduate uh, seniors, the the players with that fifth year of eligibility, we've seen transfers situations where they're it's seen seasoned players have been able to help programs, new programs that they go to. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting dynamic this year, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And the COVID year adds on such a right. – um, it's just changed so much um, with that. And so so there are there are a lot of older players out there and, and a lot of different universities that have that extra year that are going in and, and helping raise cultures and, and, and raise standards. And, and Harding's been great for us. You know, he came in, and I think the, the wonderful thing about him was, was he kind of came – you know, you come from a place like Pitt and the ACC, and he, he's a guy that's seen some time at Pitt. And, and obviously we know what they've been able to accomplish during his four years there. Um, and so I took it as a, as a bit of a compliment when he came in and he struggled initially in preseason. He's like, whoa, he's like, I, this, this is more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And so that was a good place for us to be. And what you've seen from guys like him and in the rest of the squad is they just continue to grind. They continue to work hard. And, and again, when everybody, when they, when they get their chance there, they're really doing their best to make the most of it. And Harding, I give a lot of credit for, he, he stayed positive and he kept working and then he obviously wasn't starting earlier in the year. And then it started the last uh, game or two for us and um, just continuing to plug along. And, and it's been great to see. I wanted to ask you too, about the recruiting trail. Um, did last year's success, how much did that help? Um, you know, once you got back out on the grind um, in the off season, looking, you know, recruiting players and getting on the road and things like that, um, or in, and even locally, I would imagine that was a somebody like Anthony Harding, for example, you know, probably took notice too. But um, yeah, how much how much did that help? 
I mean, it definitely helps. I mean, everybody wants to be associated with a winner. Um, you know, people love winners, especially Pittsburghers. We, we love our winners here in Pittsburgh. Um, and so I think, it, you know, it's, it's obviously going to help. It's going to get um, our foot in the door at a few more places where maybe it wouldn't have before. Um, but we've been working hard, you know, really since I've gotten here um, to Duquesne. I've been working very hard to try to develop as many relationships in this area and develop a reputation of, of, of a program that people want to be associated with. You know, we, we really try to have high standards. We try to do things right on and off the field. We try to get, you know, the best GPAs possible. We try to graduate um, as, as many guys, you know, all of our guys want to graduate them all with the highest degree or, or the highest GPA they can possibly attain. Um, and still be able to provide opportunities for them if, if, if that door opens to be able to play at the next level. So it really is, I think, uh, a good place to be. And, and it's one of those um, situations we're in right now where, again, our, our standards are, are, are extremely high. We're clicking on all cylinders. The, the winds are there. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be people knocking at the door, which may not have been knocking in certain years past, which is just, uh, again, I think a compliment and, and a nice place to be. Chase, uh, for you, we, uh, we've discussed plenty. Uh, this has been a very early starting team, by and large, this season. And we've discussed about the outshot factor for those that are a little more inside baseball, inside soccer. The second half of games, there has been a little bit of a drop-off at times. How do you coach the guys mentally to tell them, hey, it's the new 45, just bring the same mentality? Yeah, I think, you know, overall, it's, it's, it's not something that's really hurt us up until the right state game. You know, it's one thing to give up shots, but what type of shots are we giving up? You know, especially when you're on the road, it's, it's there's a lot of shots that are counted that don't actually make it to the goal uh, or these wonderful crosses that find a way to count on the shot column. Um, so I feel still I still feel like we're in a good situation. I think where we we have to improve is is as that game um, goes on, if, if we have to be able to establish more possession of the ball and as we establish that possession of the ball and have that confidence to play, even when we're up, um, you know, and obviously at some point this season we'll be trailing. Are we are we doing things the right way in order to help close games out? Are we doing things the right way in order to keep us where we need to be, keep those standards high? So, again, I think it's just constantly reinforcing high standards, constantly talking about those little things that make the difference. Um, and for me, a lot of it comes down to that confidence factor and, and being a team that's that's been okay being in lead, where we're okay to be here. It's okay to try to possess in these moments. It's okay to take the sting out of the game and slow it down from time to time. Um, while at the same time not losing that ability to grind, which we've, we've established quite well. And, you know, again, we've, we've blocked probably uh, twice as many shots this year as that have made it to the frame. Um, you know, in most games, Dom has had very little to do, which has been wonderful to see. Um, so, again, I think it's, it's finding that balance, and, and that's a big word for me, balance. I think it's finding that balance between being that team that's, that's hungry to get forward and find that attacking threat while at the same time not giving up too many options on defense. And I think um, – uh, too many opportunities on the defensive side. I think that's where we we hurt ourselves early last year. We were very attack minded and gave up a lot of goals. And obviously, we kind of shored things up as the season went on last season. Um, this season, I think you're seeing more balance to our play and um, ability to frustrate the other team a little bit more, which has been nice. Chase, also the when talking to Dom earlier in the season, the biggest word he mentioned was pride. Just he's noticed pride has been the difference between this this last year and this just how much can you kind of associate the success to pride in each other pride in the mission and pride to the principles I think a lot of it's there you know again if you if you believe in who you're fighting for you believe in the players next to you that you're going to battle with you 
you believe in the system, you believe in the principles, um, you know, you know, the school believes in you, the, all those things matter. You know, yeah. Um, I think, you know, the student athletes are no different than the professionals, no different than anybody like, you know, in any, any realm, we all want to feel like we're cared for. We all want to feel like we uh, belong. And, and I think that's huge. And that's what we've tried to create is this environment where, you know, from, from the top person all the way down to the bottom person, everybody feels like they're included. It's an inclusive environment where, you know, everybody knows that's, you know, you can take pride of the D on the shirt. You know that these guys are going to go to battle with you. And I think that's been nice to see. When Chase, you I go was, uh, into, oh, go ahead, John, go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, go ahead, John. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was just the, you know, the atmosphere of uh, Rooney field, you know, Zach was talking about that earlier and, uh, I mean, it feels like you, you've, you're onto something there. And obviously last year's success. And, um, I, you know, I think that we've seen the, 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 what success can do uh, over at, you know, at Pitt, at Ambrose or Bannock Field. And it's carried over to the now to their women's team. You know, your team <coughs> is having success tomorrow night. You, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you, you're the only show in town. I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of people want to get out. Um it should be a great atmosphere tomorrow night. And um, how important, though, is the home field in Atlantic 10 to play? I mean, it really gave you an opportunity to get into a, a decent seating last year in the, in the A-10 tournament. Yeah, home field advantage is huge. Um, you know, you, you have to own your home. And I think that Rooney Field is one of the toughest environments to play in anywhere in the country. I mean, you know, there's what, I think there's nine or ten schools in Division One that play on a football field. We're one of them. Um, not only that, our football field is offset of our soccer field. Um, not only that, you, you're enclosed. You've got fans right on top of you. Literally, they can walk on the field right there on, on AWOC side. Um, I, I think it's one of those environments. It's just a tough place to play. It's um, the tight confines and, and, and just, again, fans right there. I think it's, it makes it a lot of fun for us being at home. Um, you know, the guys get pumped to play there. We're so used to that field. We train there. We play our games there. Um, you know, the guys believe in their ability a lot. And then when, when you've got that support in the, in the stands, it just, it just adds that little extra oomph that you need uh, to kind of, to get on those, on those games where you're really grinding through, which is, you know, it, it's just been fun to see. So hopefully again, we can get a good crowd out tomorrow night. Um, I think it'd be uh, a lot of fun. I know the school's got some marketing going on. We're doing a tailgate beforehand. There's going to be some free food out there starting around 6 30 PM. Um, so it should be a great environment tomorrow night. Here's here's hoping that we uh, um, have a good show. As it goes back to that, Chase, we mentioned the competitive nature of this team, and we've talked before about practice. And you had said before the West Virginia exhibition, it might have been the best effort or one of the best efforts you had seen on Rooney Field. Just you've, We've mentioned before capturing lightning in a bottle, but as you enter A-10 play, how has it been like maintaining that intensity in these efforts as these guys battle just for playing time? Yeah, I mean, I think the when you've got belief as high as you have and you've got pride uh, at a certain standard that we've got it at, and, and obviously we, we have high standards as our staff, I think um, <clears throat> certainly you're going to have, you know, guys that ride the wave. You know, there's a little bit of up and down once classes start. But overall, um, the energy levels have stayed extremely high. Competition at training has stayed extremely high. And I think that's what has allowed us to continue to to kind of get the results and, and even grind through a couple of them because a couple of them were grinds uh, to get the results. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially early in the season, is, is you find ways to win. And that's, I think, you know, been a really nice thing to see. But, yeah, it's it's an extremely competitive group top to bottom. It's been a lot of fun to work with this group. 
um, on and off the field. They're making good decisions. They're working hard for each other. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun. How has it been for you with Dom and Kendall specifically, two guys that have been there through the ebbs and flows of this program? How has it been for them, Dom obviously being a captain, for some of these younger players to maybe go to when there's some adversity that comes their way? Yeah, I think it's vital. You know, even look at a guy like an Anthony Harding who, who um, probably, you know, obviously everybody wants to play as much as possible, didn't play as much as he wanted to at Pitt, and to come here and then to not start right away as well. Like, I think, you know, anytime you've got those older guys that have, have been through the battles or seen the, the, good, the pros and cons of a college season, I think it's vital to have people like that in the roster that, that young guys can go to and ask questions and, you know, and even guys that we can point to and say, listen, you know, this was Dom's experience. You know, when, you know, if you're having similar issues, I've seen this before, like, let's go talk to him or here's what I've seen from him. And, you know, Kenny's rid, rode that wave. And, you know, we still have Ryan Landry who's, who uh, is around the program still and obviously had a great career with us, but, but definitely had some, some ups and downs within his, uh, you know, six years ultimately with, with injuries and whatnot. And so it's just nice to have people there that you can lean on. And so that way it's not always, you know, the coach's voice that you have to rely on in order to, to solve problems. I think that's absolutely vital when you can have an older group of guys or an experienced group of guys there that, that help provide just another resource. Uh, I think it's just good for, good for the team, good for morale, good for everybody. I'm going to peel the onion on this question, Chase, because it's a scouting question and there's a lot of layers to this question. First, how is it scouting a new opponent that's going to be a regular opponent? And how do you think it is now perceived now that you're being scouted and now being taken with some with a lot more of degrees of seriousness? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, you know, scouting, scouting loyal is, um, you know, it's, we're going to take the same approach that we've taken with with all of our non-conference games. I mean, you know, we haven't played Michigan in years, right? It's the same type of approach. It's just doing our due diligence, making sure we watch as much game film as possible, understand strengths and weaknesses. <clears throat> and then do the best we can to um, communicate to our guys where we have the ability to be most effective. Ultimately, we're not going to change who we are. Our principles are our principles. Um, for us, it's comes down to, you know, who's going to best, which team's going to best execute their principles on that day, which team's going to make le the least amount of mistakes and which team's going to be able to capitalize on those mistakes. And so that's what we focus on and, and making sure that we approach every game the same way. And, and, and that way the guys, you know, have a certain expectation and um, you're not changing things up too much on them. So, so for me, again, I think it is just about making sure that we, we you know, focus one game at a time, um, know who we are through and through and do the best we can to implement what we do. The dialogue you have with your players, Chase, how has it maybe been changed and maybe been more refined versus because of what the guys are able to pick up, learn, and ultimately be able to implement in-game situations? Yeah, I think when you have a team that is, is capable of retaining and, and quick understanding of information, it's, it's always easier to, to provide that information and in training. Um, but at the same time, you know, we want to make sure, I mean, these are still, there's are student athletes that their hours are stretched in the day. They spend countless hours a day in front of the film, countless hours a day um, in class. <clears throat> try and have a social life on top of that. Um, there's, there's a lot there. So, you know, as a staff, we still try to keep things as simple as possible. We don't want to overcomplicate things. I think that, you know, as a coach, there are times where it's like, Oh, well, this isn't clicking. So let's change this. So let's, 
when in many ways, when it, many times it's the simplest action is just to kind of keep them going on the same path and continuing to put them in familiar environments and continue to kind of push those environments because you know they can do it. It's just kind of continuing um, the, with confidence, continuing to move and not drastically changing things. I think it's, it's you know, simplicity in many ways is, is going to be the, your best uh, um, course of action when it comes to a, a season where, again, you're playing 18 games and basically 12 weeks. So, I, I was curious um, about the schedule. I'm looking like there's no uh, no St. Louis and no Dayton. I mean, that's interesting this year, isn't it, Chase? It, it is interesting. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those years where you look at it on paper. We need to capitalize. We we dodge teams that are perennial top four, top five teams. You know, no Dayton, no Rhode Island, no VCU, no SLU. That's a big deal in this conference. Um, I know that that happened a few years back and a team that dodged all those teams ended up finishing first in the conference in the regular season. Like, and I don't know where we'll finish because Loyola is a brand new team and they're a very, very talented group um, that, that have, have come off a lot of success in the NBC. Um, and then you've got Fordham who's coming off of an A-10 semifinals appearance as well. UMass who's undefeated. Like it's still, it's still a very difficult um, a 10 schedule in, in that sense. But yeah, when you, whenever you can dodge those perennial top fours, you feel pretty good about it. Um, but I think there's also more pressure to take care of business with uh, the games, you know, you're supposed to win. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you know, Chase, I think regardless, you seem, you seem to be really good at focusing on your opponent one, one opponent at a time. And then that's for sure. I think, this week, Loyola is a new opponent. I think will it'll be a fascinating matchup uh, to check out. So Zach will be there. Zach, um, you know he's but he's he's on your sidelines there. Sometimes he's kind of chasing balls down. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he just does it all, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's, Zach's been fantastic. We've really appreciated his support and um, having his voice uh, kind of capture uh, you know capture what we're about, and it's been it's been great. So appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Ever- it goes back around, Chase. Uh, I appreciate what you guys do, having me, putting up with me, and uh, dealing with uh, a running highlighter along the, ho- the sidelines some nights. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. I love it. I love every minute of it. All right. Well, Chase, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for, for the time, uh, not only today, but as always, always with us at Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Um, honestly, sometimes I wish I could we could do more. Um, so we will, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, chip away. Uh, it's definitely going to be, we're looking forward to an exciting uh, Atlantic 10 season. And, um, and Zach, Zach will be, um, will be there as much as he possibly can. Again, I really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll keep working hard and hopefully give you guys a lot of fun uh, results to, uh, to write about and talk about. So. All right. Thanks, Chase. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, that was Duquesne head men's coach Chase Brooks. Um, Zach, that was a, a great interview. I think he's he's just been a a, a good representative of, of Duquesne University and the men's soccer program, and uh, I think really one of the top young coaches in the country. I mean, if you look at what he's accomplished, uh, he's been there for a while now, but I think he's he's accomplished some really good things at a place that's just not easy to win. Well, sure. And he came from that Dayton background where obviously Dayton, as he mentioned, is one of the perennial powerhouses. So 
Chase knows what it takes to be a winner. He's traveled across the road. He's made connections along the way. And all of that hard work is paying off now. And it's clear that anytime I talk to any of the players, especially the captains and the upperclassmen, they tell me that everything that Chase says they're doing to a T and you can see why they're having success. So it's good on him. It's always, he's always kind to me. He always is willing to make time for anybody that wants to provide coverage to the program. And obviously he has very, very good relationships, having seen it firsthand with the parents as well, which is almost a coaching job within a coaching job sometimes. So Chase has done a good job all the way around. He's worked for everything that he's been able to do. And it's a reflection of this team. They've worked to get to this point and now they're enjoying the fruits of some of that labor. They're seeing increased fan support. Honestly, it looks like they're even seeing increased athletic department support. When, when you win, it's amazing how many people notice. And it's certainly gone noticed across campus that Duquesne men's soccer is winning. And with the attitudes and behaviors they're showing, it could very well be here to stay. Yeah, and we're excited about it. Um, and again, you'll be there tomorrow, I believe. Uh, game two of three or four days. Of course, I wouldn't miss it. All right, Zach. Well, you'll be there tomorrow and throughout the course of the season. Um, again, your coverage, uh, Duquesne coverage, men's and women's soccer, uh, it's really terrific. And you know, honestly, I think and Chase kind of hit, made you know, hit the nail on the head as far as you've done a really good job because you've you've really put in the time and gotten to know the players and and gotten to know the coaching staff on both teams. And um, I think that's just something that any Pittsburgh if I'm a soccer fan of Pittsburgh and I want to know what's going on with one of the teams or one of the schools, um, you know, you're, you're really providing the model of, 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 you know, B coverage, if you will. Well, that's very kind of you to say, but it, it's a two way street. I'm only as good as what the coaches and the players provide. And the fact that they were willing to accept me and are willing to have relationships when, you know, there's so many days where reporter access is getting more and more, hard to come by where it's hard to find genuine reactions. The fact that they treat me as a peer and accept me and are willing to let you, the fan in really that's all that I can ask for. So it, it's a two way street. So thanks to them. And also thanks to the Duquesne sports information team. It's a team effort all the way around. Hi, Zach. I can't wait uh, to see how tomorrow trans and this season transpires for this team and and we will you and i will definitely be talking uh, in the future whether it's on this platform or on our pittsburgh sports live platform um, we're looking forward to um, a lot more to come from duquesne men's soccer absolutely john thanks for having me all right